What do you say, darling? Should I hate him? No, that's true, but... started yeah Yeah. all right it's just you and me so let's rock pick up the energy yeah get ready this is a good one this is a good one dude i'm stoked on it i don't know what to call it yet like do we call it the shady history of the cia yeah we'll have to figure out depends where you go with it maybe we'll figure out a title at the end yeah let's do that all right so about a week ago right as you are aware, I don't know. Did you submit uh, an answer to the the poll that I sent out? I think I responded to somebody's answer. You did. You you sent out. Okay. Well, I don't want to give any spoilers away. But anyways, all right. So a week ago, I had our Instagram followers submit some topics that they would like us to cover, and I actually got some really cool ideas. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Responses ranged from like history of the automobile to memes to history of the church and lots in between. And some of these I already had written down, which I was pretty stoked about. So it's like, okay, not only do I want to do them, but like it's confirmation that other people want to hear about them too. So I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. Yeah. There's like his- genuine interest. You know, yeah. Like history of memes I was all about. Um, but one of them that I, you know, that was, I thought was interesting that I didn't post because I think it expired. And then this person reached out and they were like history of the freeways. And I was like, ah, because yeah. remember I was talking to you. I was like, I don't know if that one's going to land or not. Right. But yeah, people want to hear about it and stuff. And yeah. So I think we're going to do it. So anyways, I'm excited to announce. So this is going to be the first episode that we have. Direct we, engagement. Yeah. Direct engagement. Listener submission. So I put it together for you guys today and I'm going to cover a couple of submitted topics kind of simultaneously. So killing two birds with one stone. What we're going to be doing is essentially going over the history of the CIA as well as the history of the hippie movement. Now, the submission was hippie slash eco movement, so I don't know if we're going to touch on that part of it. But regardless, I think it'll be interesting. And this episode is going to be more CIA heavy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'll be cool. It'll be fun. Yeah. But like I said, a little bit more CIA heavy. So you ready to get into it? Let's get into it. Cool. The history of the CIA. That's a lot to get into. It's a lot to get into. So the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, was created on September 18th, 1947. This is when Harry S. Truman signed the National Security Act. You know anything about the National Security Act? Um, 47, that's like after World War One. Yes, I believe so. Um. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> Me either. Good thing, because I wrote it down. So the National Security Act, um, I'm going to give like the Spark Notes version. It was essentially a restructuring of the United States government's military and intelligence agencies. Mm. So after World War II, the United States was like, we need to be better prepared, right? Think like Pearl Harbor, right? Right. Pearl Harbor, uh, Pearl Harbor, um, sorry. Pearl Harbor occurred on December 7th, 1941, which really propelled this into action. Like we had no idea what was about to happen. All right. We're pretty much hit by surprise. 
So with the National Security Act, what it did was it unified the armed forces. Truman believed that with a unified force as our national defense, we would prevent events like Pearl, ha- Pearl Harbor. I can't say Pearl Harbor today. Halboro. We would prevent Pearl Harbor from ever happening again. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting fact, the United States was the last of the major powers to establish an intelligence agency. Really? Yeah. Russia had one first. I'm guessing so. Russia, whoever. Yeah, China. They all had one. We were the last ones to have one. Prior to 1942, there was no group that provided any sort of secret information for policymakers. I don't know how that worked before. but Laggers. Laggers, straight up. So what's interesting, though, is that the need for central, as the need for central intelligence grew, there were multiple groups lobbying for this power, including the FBI, the State Department, the War Department, and even the Post Office. No way. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're like door to door, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they have like everybody's address, right? Like a lot of civilian contact. Yeah. yeah. Lots of just like incognito post. Yeah, the postman like Post knows people. if you're home or not. Yeah. You know? They know if you're home, they can like plant a camera or something pretty easily. Yeah. You suspect uh, there's like a terrorist sure. living there. They're just it makes sense. Man, At I first I gotten. was like the post office, then I was like, Oh, that's actually not not a bad idea. Yeah. Maybe I mm. probably would have gotten dirty. Could have. I don't know. So they had to create the CIA. They had to create some form of like central intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, then again, too, like, I mean, things happen with the post office, like, like the Unabomber, right? So like, mm-hmm. it's not the most secure <laughs> platform for Anthrax. central intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. So anyways, it was suggested by the head of the OSS General William Wild Bill Donovan that we form some sort of in, like central intelligence service um, and it should operate during peacetime. So during times of peace, right? And acquire intelligence both through overt and covert methods cool do you know what the difference between overt and covert is i just love the word covert covert undercover shit yeah that's exactly what it means actually yeah yeah. overt means open Mm -hmm. covert it's conducted in secret so for those of you that don't know now you do wild bill also suggested that this agency would determine national intelligence objectives and conduct subversive operations abroad but would not function as any form of law enforcement. I just like that Wild Bill is in charge. Wild Bill. That's a, that's yeah, a you know it's going to hit the fan. Strong nickname. William Wild Bill Donovan. You know it's going to hit the fan when he's calling the shots or making yeah. the suggestions, right? Yeah. So ultimately, the the CIA evolved from the OSS. So for those of you that don't know what the OSS is, this was the intelligence agency during World War II. So prior to 1942, we didn't have central intelligence. During World War II, the OSS is formed, and that's what acts as our intelligence agency at that time. Ah, and then afterwards, we're just waiting for another world war to happen. Possibly, I mean, no, the whole, but the idea of the CIA is to have it to prevent have it. them operate during peacetime. Right. Yeah, they're trying to prevent it. I guess they're doing a good job. Yeah, I guess so. No World War Three quite yet. Not yet. <laughs> so we're going to kind of, I guess we're going to kind of fast forward a little bit because we're going to get straight into criticism of the CIA. So the CIA has been known to perform covert operations that violate international law and are considered immoral or illegal, which Obviously. we all know. 
Think American Dad. Yeah. Right? I love that show. The government does some shady things. Yeah. Here are a few things that the CIA has been known to do. It's maintain ties to human rights abusers. They've been known to kidnap, torture, and illegally detain foreign nationals. And they've even been known to work with former Nazi intelligence officers to conduct operations in Europe and the Soviet Union. Union. Dang. So lots of shady things that they've done. Yeah. Lastly, the CIA has received lots of criticism of its interrogation techniques used on Al-Qaeda. So they were found unconstitutional or illegal under the U.S. and international law. All right. Mm-hmm. These interrogating and yeah. probably These, a lot worse. Probably a lot worse. That's just what we know about, right? Yeah. These interrogations would sometimes include torture, which is proven to be an unfavorable method because it typically leads to unreliable information. People just saying things. Yeah. Just kind of it, sit here, say, say what you want to hear. Yeah. They don't want to be tortured anymore. So they just spit out whatever it is you're looking for. Mm. And then additionally, what happens is like when someone, you know, tortures them, they, they represent that nation. Yeah. And then they have resentment, more resentment towards that nation. Right. So you never know who you're interrogating and then like yeah. what they're going to go on to do. And anyways, how that reflects upon you. But I so, think I see where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. This is our transition. Right. You identified it. So now that we've set the stage, we're going to talk in depth about an interrogation project that was led by this CIA, which you suggested. Mm hmm on instagram and that is mk ultra project mk ultra that is correct so what do you know like give like a quick like spark like okay like not even a spark notes version like what how would you define it like just off the cuff from the little that i do know it was um sort of like a cia operative just into um like post torture techniques to like gain intelligence. So like trying to just like, like get to people to like mind control basically is like what they yeah. were like the end goal that they were going for was like to be able to control a human. Yeah. Literally they were going for mind control, there which is pretty fascinating. Bunch of routes that they tried to take. I yeah. Believe. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. I think that's enough. Okay, which is just kind on. of spark people's interest. So, it's created by Sidney Gottlieb in 1953. This project was run for a little bit over a decade. MKUltra was the code name of an illegal human experimentation program that was designed and executed by the CIA. So you're pretty much right, right? We're getting, close. yeah, pretty close. For some brief context, in the late 40s and the early 50s, the United States became fearful that communists had perfected the art of mind control. Classic, <laughs> which is pretty laughable, yeah. right? I mean, I, I feel like we're like Americans or the, the United States is like really good at convincing themselves of things, right? Yeah, and there's like, yeah, anyways. So it was thought that the Soviet Union had concocted some kind of drug or technique that allowed them to control minds. So naturally, the CIA had to learn how to harness this power as well. Mm-hmm. And think back to like the 50s, like, this is. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong, but this is like when televisions were, you know, put into most like homes and things of that nature, like propaganda devices. Yeah. And like not only propaganda, but like the media that they were consuming or like the, um, the fiction that they were consuming, you know, was all about that kind of stuff. Right. Like the whole red scare thing. And yeah. Um, 
star belly sneeches. Yeah, and we've and we've always been like, you know, I don't know. We've always kind of had this like focus on like, like superpowers. I don't know how else to like describe it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. We've always had this like, yeah, fascination with it. So they think that the Soviet Union can control minds. We got to <laughs> figure out how to do it. Yeah, and naturally, what are they doing? naturally, we need to be able to to harness this power, right? So the goal of MK Ultra was to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used to weaken individuals and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. It's pretty specific. Yeah. They're going for one thing in particular. Yeah. They're just trying to get you to look a truth serum is basically what they're looking for. Maybe or like a hypnosis pill sort of pretty much. I mean, the way I wrote it down was that they're aiming for like full mind control. You know, what they wanted was something that would make people spill their secrets, but then would also act as in like amnesiac, right? So they would all tell right. all their secrets and then forget that they told you. Whoa. And similarly, they wanted something that had like the ability to control people. So they would carry out acts like sabotage or assassination. Mm-hmm. And then they would forget like what they were doing. They just like, ca- they like wake up mid like murder with a knife in their hand and they'd be like oh how did i get here <laughs> you know how'd that get there it'd be terrifying if, it, if if there is some technology to yeah, well if they had any success i mean i feel like people have claimed that before though right like you kind of just woke up from some just, hypnotic yeah. state and you're just whoa, whoa. i woke up and she was dead yeah yeah anyways the methods that were used throughout this project included the administration of high doses of lsd hypnosis isolation electroshocks sensory deprivation as well as verbal and sexual abuse so they pretty much ran the gamut there tried every card (laughs) everything they yeah turned over every stone they even went as far as hiring nazi doctors and japanese torturers in order to best research the effects of drugs and torture techniques they get they're hiring the the big guns for the serious yes stuff. exactly some describe mk ultra as a continuation of the experiments that occurred in nazi and japanese concentration camps so what's fascinating about this is that Sidney gottlieb was jewish but he still chose to partner with these like nazi doctors Whoa. so he was like all in on this mind control thing even to the extent that he would partner with you know the the people that tried to wipe his people off the earth right so he was like pretty i would say that's that's pretty determined you know it's like a chicken eating an egg (laughs) yeah exactly some cannibalistic shit yeah so in order to experiment at full capacity gottlieb would conduct conduct the more gnarly experiments overseas all right because you can't do that in canada too um, potentially, I don't know. What I have here is that he established these secret detention centers in countries like Japan, Germany, and the Philippines. Um, and this is essentially where CIA operatives would capture enemy agents that they felt were quote unquote, like expendable. Right. The reason that he chose these countries was, I, I think because the United States still had some authority in these countries mm-hmm. because this is 1953. So I, at least that's what my research I read like a snippet on that. That would make sense. I'm sure there's like, you know, bases. Yeah. There's like bases set up and then there's, he's not like, um, restricted by any laws or anything like that. Like he's not breaking the law necessarily. He's like operating under the law Mm -hmm. because we have control there is essentially how that was explained to me. 
So they would throw these subjects that they would capture into cells. And this is where they would experiment with like drug potions, electroshock. This is like where the most extreme things would happen. They would do like extreme temperature changes to see how people would react. And then sensory isolation, which I don't know anything about, but they would do that too. The CIA would then like simultaneously bombard them with questions to see like where or if there was a breaking point. So they're running all these tests and then they're bombarding them with questions to see like what they're, you know, how it's changing their answers and whatnot. Right. One thing mentioned in, in like the research at this point is that these experiments weren't only about understanding the mind, but knowing how to like destroy the mind. They wanted to just like wreck people. You got to know the limit. Exactly. You know, exactly. So the next person that we're going to talk about briefly was Dr. Frank Olson. You know anything about him? No. Okay. I know you said you read a little bit about MK Ultra before. At least not off of the top of my mind. Okay. So Dr. Frank Olson was a microbiologist that worked on part of MK Ultra. On November 28th, 1953, so this is like the year it was started, I believed, he fell to his death from the 13th from the 13th story window of a Manhattan hotel. Okay. It's bad luck floor. That shouldn't have been on there. Yeah. You shouldn't have been on the 13th floor, bro. That's what you get. So it's supposedly after he expressed distrust in the project. So there's, you know, he, he says he's not comfortable with the project and then simultaneously ends up dead. Mm, Anyways, his family. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little suspicious. His family was under the assumption that he was working for the army and committed suicide as a result of work stress. He knew too much and he just didn't want to deal with it. Or, I mean, like, I mean, they just thought he was working for the army, so maybe he saw some shit. You know what I mean? Like, you can kind of, like, justify it in your head if that's what you, Mm. you think is happening. But it wasn't until 22 years later that the CIA admitted to giving him a dose of LSD without his consent and without him knowing. So it was admitted that they had spiked his drink with LSD nine days before his death. So they're admitting to it, but they're like, ah, it was nine days before. It wasn't like same day shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Then he was sent to New York for treatment. So he's administered LSD. He's sent to New York for treatment. And at this point, even with this confession, it's still believed that he was basically like driven mad, right? It was like drug related. So he had a bad reaction to the, the yeah. substance He got, you know, he was driven mad and then flung himself out of a window. That's essentially like still the theory at this point. There are a lot of stories like that, I think, at least in like maybe popular culture. But it would really depend on like what dosages they were giving him. Yeah, I mean, in in concert mishaps, we talk about like there was a lady that like jumped out of a hotel window in Vegas on Molly. Mm -hmm. So who knows, really? If that's like causation or correlation, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you never know. Well, it's definitely a possibility. I'm sure it is. In 1994, his body was essentially like unearthed, like they dug his body up and re-examined it. Uh, and new evidence suggested that he was struck on the head before exiting through the window. It was a cover-up. It was a cover-up. Yeah, cover-up. <laughs> yeah, dude, this guy got murked. Oh. He, yeah, anyways. In 2012, new theories emerged that Dr. Olson was tortured and killed after witnessing the human rights abuses as part of MKUltra. So it sounds like he kind of just like stumbled in the wrong room, yeah. <laughs> like witnessed some shit, and then they're like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Come here. Cannot <laughs> right? be trusted. Yeah, no. You're going to tell somebody. Hit him over the Connor. head with a lead pipe. 
rest is history. Dang. So the family tried to reopen the case, but it was dismissed due to the fact that they had already settled in like 1975. Mm. So they had already settled. They had basically, like once the CIA admitted that they gave him LSD, they, you know, forced a settlement saying it was like their fault essentially. And then once the new evidence came about, they were like, no, you already settled. Sorry. Yeah. I think it's how it's how it works. I feel like that's gonna be a common theme in the CIA's history. I'm sure it is. I don't have any more examples of it like in this particular like like financial, you know, settlements oh, yeah. or like in, you know, use like that's such leverage like in this day and age. Oh yeah. Today they'd be like full on canceled. It'd be I don't know, it'd be insane. Okay, so that brings us to Operation Midnight Climax. Ooh, Ooh that's a sexy Kink, title. Kinky, right? Yeah. This is like a project within a project, right? So this is like Operation Midnight Climax is part of MK Ultra. So uh, it's like, you know, the the sub bullet, I guess. Mm-hmm. So for this particular project, the CIA would hire prostitutes to lure people off the streets and sleep with them and simultaneously like slip them LSD. Maybe one before the other, I don't know. Could be LSD before the intercourse sure or vice both. versa. They probably tried both. Yeah. yeah. So they set up these brothels in San Francisco and would observe these people through a one-way mirror while they were doing the deed. It's not creepy at all. It's not creepy at all. These guys had like I swear the CIA is like built on just like weird fetishes, dude. Yeah, right. They just did some weird shit. It's just perving. They're just perving. They needed an excuse to perv. It's like, well, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So the goal was to identify what combo of drugs and sex would cause these people to give up secrets. Right? Mm-hmm. So just like, kind of like we're talking about, like they're pushing the limits of everything. Yeah. Now what combinations of things are working, right? And then what they did after was they would interview them to see how their judgment was impaired. Ah. Uh, yeah. Like next day? Uh, like same time. Like I think they would like get done, you know, with the experiment. Oh, hey, by the way, you did well. Yeah, which uh, part of me feels like this was almost like again fueled by like like you know how we talk about like rock and roll was like the devil's music. Like I feel like it's the same thing, kind of like with like like sex. Like they had the same idea where it's like, oh well, sex like impairs your judgment. And they were just that's just another you know yeah thing they were throwing out the wall. Yeah, trying to figure something like out. another yeah another variable, another factor contributing to people's laps lapses in judgment and whatnot. Right. So Which, that's that's probably going to be high up there on the priority list. And yeah, that's all you got to to run with. You're going to run with it, right? Yeah. So the I want to CIA s- is trying. They're trying they're, hard. They're dude. trying really hard. They're trying really hard. To so I want to talk a minute. We're we're still in MK Ultra, but I want to talk about LSD. Okay. LSD was created in Switzerland in 1943 by Dr. Albert Hoffman. CIA scientists were made aware of the drug, and early directors of MK Ultra became obsessed with acquiring it. So think like this is our competitive advantage, right? This is probably what they have going through their heads. Like they they catch wind of this drug. They're experimenting with it, and we want to know how it's going to you know, affect the mind and contribute to our mind control game, right? So legend has it that Sidney Gottlieb, the creator of MKUltra, purchased the world, su- the world supply of LSD. Whoa. So Whoa. Wait, this cost the CIA $240,000. He brings the drug to the United States and tests it through these fake foundations, right? 
So if this is true, he's responsible for LSD reaching the United States in at all. Dang, it's like the freaking cartel. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> but he's he's the uh, he's the tunnel. So, like I mentioned before, he he um, he tests the drug through these like fake foundations, right? He distributes the drugs through institutions like hospitals and prisons, and then asks for them to observe people's reactions to the drug. Again, this is still part of the quest for mind control. So think like these like like drug trials, right? Or even like like psychological studies. Like I participated in the psych study at Cal State Fullerton, mm-hmm. like for class credit. But people do that all the time for like medication. Oh, yeah. People did it for the the vaccine for for yeah. COVID. You know, it's the same idea. Just this one's funded by the CIA, and they want to know how it's gonna like. And you it's know, LSD. And it's LSD. Crazy. Which we know a lot about now, but we knew nothing about before. Which is just it's just wild. You know, what a time to be alive, man. There was probably a lot of a lot of misdosing going on. Exactly. That, yeah. That can, from what I believe, that can ruin somebody. And so he he distributes this or he tests this through um, what did I say hospitals and through prisons, right? Do you know which prisoner was? Uh, he's actually a famous prisoner. Was a test subject under MK Ultra. Mm. Manson comes to mind. But I, but it wouldn't make sense because he would have already been in prison. Yeah, it's not Manson, but I think he's connected to MK Ultra as well. We're actually not going to talk about him today, but it's actually Whitey Bulger. Oh, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, you know who that is? He was like a outlaw guy or something. He was like a mob, Chicago like guy. a mob boss, like in uh, Boston. I okay. think right. they actually like found him like recently. He's like he eighty years old, like living in Santa Monica. What? Just like I a couple years ago. So, anyways, he was an inmate at the time when MK Ultra was being tested on prisoners, and was actually a test subject. In his own words, he stated a few interesting bits of information. So he's kind of like talking about how he experienced the drug. He had uh, this is in quotes: total loss of appetite, hallucinating, the room would change shape, hours of paranoia, and feeling violent. We experienced horrible periods of living nightmares and even blood coming out of the walls. Guys turning into skeletons in front of me. I saw a camera change into a head, the head of a dog. I felt like I was going insane, end quote. Jeez, that dude's, sounds like a bad trip. This dude's having a bad trip, dude. Man. Like, I've heard of bad trips before. This sounds like pretty up there. Yeah, that's not very sparkly Beatles LSD. You know, no. The complete opposite. Does LSD make people violent? Um, or can it? I don't. I don't. Maybe. How much yeah. were they given? It depends on the dosage. I, I, I mean, I had a buddy that did it at a party in, in in Santa Barbara. He didn't get violent, but it was just like he kind of like just lost it, like laughing and like I don't know, and just out of control. Just like out of control. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it can turn into violence. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. According if, to Whitey Bulger, happens. Yeah, it also depends on your own personal personality too. I believe. Or, yeah. You know, kind of might shine some lights in some dark places within yourself. You know. Probably. So MK Ultra eventually ended after roughly a decade of experimentation. So it was determined that too many lives had been spent in this quest for mind control. It's like, nope, you're done. You had your chances. So Sidney Gottlieb accepts defeat, but he stays in the CIA for some time um, after this project 
ends. He becomes the head of the technical services staff, which is responsible for inventing like spy gadgets and whatnot. Nice. So think like mini cameras. I just think like James Bond. Yeah. Right away. Um, Q. Yeah. Q. Is, yeah. He's got like the, the gun that only responds to his like fingerprint or whatever. Right. Cool yeah, shit like cool that. Technology. So this guy, like he goes up a, a very small notch. Right. Yeah. He's cut down quite a few pegs, but maybe, maybe recovers one or two. Mm-hmm. So he's also the go-to guy for poison or toxins. Mm. So he, and I forgot to mention this, but I think he's something like the head chemist of the CIA. And that's part of why right. he's like the head of MK ultra and whatnot, okay. but he's also like the poison guy. And so there were like plots to kill leaders like Fidel Castro. And he was the guy who would create the poison and like the means for like administering that poison. Wow. There was something I read. I didn't look into it, but something like a poison wetsuit, like they were trying to get him to wear it or something. And it right. would like, yeah, I don't know. Some crazy. I mean, it, you know, the tech think technology in the fifties and sixties and like what, what they thought like robots were going to look like and like, you know, yeah. TVs and stuff. I imagine there's some, <coughs> some wacky ones. Yeah. Or just like, Oh, we're going to do it through a wetsuit. Like, how does that work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Gottlieb's career in the CIA came to an end when Richard Helms was removed as the director of the CIA by Nixon in 1972. Helms was the only one with knowledge of the projects that Gottlieb had led as part of MKUltra. So together they agreed to destroy all records of the project or as many as they could find. Apparently Mm -hmm. the majority of the records were destroyed. However, there were a few pieces of evidence that remained overall. They were successful in destroying the evidence, right? They destroyed a lot of it. The only records that remained were a few expense reports and other random documents and this is how we essentially know what we know today. People yes, were yes. able so to like, like death tallies or anything. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what those other documents are, but it seems to be mostly like expense reports. And then um, I think there was like a lot of like code language that people were able to crack and things like that, mm. like observing the documents and whatnot. So what's funny about the CIA's dissemination of LSD is that it backfired as it turns out, people were just like enjoying the drug, right. And started advocating for it heavily. In fact, LSD is pretty synonymous with like great personal adventure, right. Or like finding yourself, mm-hmm. right. Kind of just like unlocks your, your mind in that way. Yeah. The research that was funded by the CIA allowed the drug to reach the hands of Robert Hunter. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he wrote, uh, he was like the lyricist of for the Grateful Dead. Yeah, that's exactly what I have here. He was yeah. a lyricist for the Grateful Dead. I'm a deadhead. I am not. not Robert Hunter is the, he's yeah. like the, yeah, he's like the, he's the man. He just, he had the words and like Jerry Garcia wrote songs, but like all the hits are all Robert Hunter songs. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Who's lot, the other guy like, uh, music. Like Bob something? Bob Weir. Bob Weir, yeah. yeah. Jerry and Bob are kind of like the two front men guitarists and yeah. kind of trade-off singing and stuff. They don't well, trade-off singing, but... Yeah, it's pretty wild, though. I mean, like, if it weren't for, like, those trials that yeah. were being held by the CIA, like, he wouldn't have acquired LSD. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what the Grateful Dead would have been or that whole movement would have been without without the drug, you know? It's kind of insane Yeah, to think about. Yeah. yeah those, I mean, those guys did a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and so it had a lot of influence over. Mm-hmm. So it got into his hands. Um, Robert Hunter was a guy. There was um, 
the guy who wrote like what's that like book like the on the road the cuck- yeah. the cuckoo's oh, nest yeah or whatever i forget his name but yeah the dude that yeah. wrote the book which is very much like about lsd right or and, and sort of like <coughs> uh like human trials i get like sort of it's it's like about like a mental ward right some of the stuff that was going on inside of it right and i think but i think like his own actions like inspired the book like so he got a hold of lsd through like a medical trial and then like i think went as far as to be employed at the hospital so that he can like steal more of it no way yeah so like he this dude was like hooked that's covert right there Mm -hmm. and there were multiple avenues that led to the popularity of lsd that can all be traced back to Sidney gottlieb which is really interesting timothy leary is another guy he's a renowned like lsd guru he would guide people through like their lsd trips Mm -hmm. he was an american psychologist and advocate of psychedelic drugs he read about psychedelics in life magazine which prompted him to journey to mexico to try mushrooms. What Tim Leary didn't know was that the entire expedition to Mexico was created in the wake of Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA. So they were conducting research on like different drugs or sorry, different like fungus animals, etc. like, like toads, you know, like, like lick the toad or whatever. Yeah. 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 He was like researching all of that. And so part of this expedition uh, was inspired by that life, you know, Life Magazine article, which ultimately was like funded by the research of the CIA. That's wild. So it all That's points back to, to yeah, it all points back to the CIA, which is kind of wild. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's weird. And and the final thing, like what's what's funny and what's really ironic about this whole thing with LSD, it was introduced to potentially control people's minds. We talked about people enjoying it, right? But what it actually did was it fueled re- rebellion. Right. And the counterculture in American youths. And can you guess what I'm referring to here? A lot of anti-government stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The hippie movement, though, specifically. Hippie movement protests. Yeah. Yeah. The hippie movement or the hippie subculture. So that's where we're going to go next. And we're going to dive into like some conspiracies about the hippie culture. But first, I wanted to just give like a little bit of background. So the hippie subculture was focused around the youths of the early 1960s and started in the united states the utes the utes two utes two utes you're right (laughs) it's worth mentioning that the origins and or the inspiration of the subculture can be tied to the bohemians or bohemianism now before i give you that definition do you know what that means like i've heard the word obviously with like queen and everything like bohemian rhapsody but what does bohemianism entail i don't really know i probably couldn't give you a, a very good definition but like like uh artist it's like some sort of artistically styled sort of being i don't know yeah i think i mean that's definitely part of it it's it's defined as a practice of unconventional lifestyle and consists of people with very few permanent ties it mm. embodied music art literature and spiritual pursuits bohemia uh huh. So it consists of like just like vagabonds and all of those type nomadic people and yeah. okay. all those types of things. Bohemianism always embraced anti-establishment political or social views, which were expressed through free love, simple living, and voluntary poverty. So this is basically like the 1960s hippie movement. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like the same exact thing, pretty much. 
Like, I wonder what, like, literature they were reading that really... In, I, I probably should have looked into this a little bit more, but, you well, know... Carou- Kerouac wrote On the Road, which was, like, a huge book in the 50s and 60s. And he, I believe Kerouac was one of, like, the volunteers at, like, Stanford or wherever they were, like, administering LSD. Oh, uh, yeah, see? All connected. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, so, again, yeah, this sounds very much like the hippies of the 1960s. Um, a few more things, though, that I think kind of, like you know i i think they're just worth mentioning that kind of like better characterize that those hippies what i'll call modern hippies is um they consisted of white middle class teenagers and 20 somethings uh, of the baby boomer, boomer generation and what's interesting to me is like a lot of this just screams kind of like entitlement you know like yeah kind of like we're seeing today like how everybody wants to be like an influencer or have like a media career or like you know everybody feels like they deserve something yeah, yeah. Right. So back like, then it was like everyone joined the war and now like you don't want to be like your parents and like so i'm just gonna you know again just participate in this counterculture and it's kind of a little adolescent yeah sometimes that's kind of like the points. the pattern of life though right like one generation works really hard and then the other one has it kind of easy and then the other one has to work hard yeah. anyways so these hippies too, the, the hippie subculture was heavily against the Vietnam War. They were, you know, they experimented with drugs, LSD. They embraced sexual experimentation as well. And then they were in harmony with nature. So that kind of is what, um, you know, kind of embodies that whole, that whole movement. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. You ready for conspiracies? LSD is at the center of all of that. Yeah. There, I think there's a the couple of things threat. at the center. They, I mean, like music was at the center of it though, too. And that's like kind of what we're going to get into with the conspiracy part. So you want to get dive into conspiracies yeah, really yeah, quick? Totally. So conspiracies about the CIA and the hippie movement. There are theories that claim that LSD and hippies were invented by the CIA. I, 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 anything is possible. You have to, I don't know how you have to take everything with a grain of salt and really like decide what. Rabbit holes you dive into, but that's pretty out there, though. That's pretty out there, right? Um, I mean, they didn't. It's just pretty bold, like to say to say that. Yeah, like like hippies were like a a psyop. Yeah, like a little you. You have to give them like this, like that. That's giving people like almost too much credit. Yeah, that's like playing chess to like the nth degree. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, that's just crazy to me. Especially looking back now on like what, how some of the things that went through or what happened in MK Ultra and like some of the things they were trying to throw at the wall. It's like a little, like, come on. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little wild. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were so dumb in the 50s too. Like the 50s and like, we're still dumb. But anyways, one of the main researchers behind this conspiracy was David McGowan. McGowan, McGowan, David McGowan. And... Now, based on what I've already revealed, like we like the, the the conspiracy is that they the CIA created LSD and hippies, but based on what we already went over, we know LSD was created in Switzerland, right? right? In what did I say? I can't remember the date. Anyways, but it was created in Switzerland. So I don't think that they created LSD. I just think that they like caught wind of it and then looked to really like leverage it or try to unharness its power. Or harness its power, I it guess. Seems like the CIA was the bridge for LSD getting here. Yeah, at least in America. It's I like I believe Europe, that part of it, but to go as far as to say like they created it, yeah, they created the hippie movement. It's a little bit far fetched. But any, but for the sake of you know this, like we're just 
we're not going to take this as we'll fact, but let's just we'll go. Let's just go them. through the lines. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or go through the the you know the line items here. So part of this conspiracy is that sex, drugs, and rock and roll were all created to distract youth from focusing on the Vietnam War efforts, so that they would not overthrow the military-industrial complex. Hmm. That's an easy one, though. Yeah, I mean, kind of low-hanging fruit. Just the distractions are. There are always going to be distractions if you think it's like purposeful one i mean in the media i'm sure there's that that happens but yeah that's a little that's a little bit far-fetched again maybe well it's like today there's like covid conspiracy theorists and oh yeah i don't know i can't think of any off the top of my head but it's the same thing like mm-hmm. it Everything's was a, a government created for... virus and yeah all that kind of shit so some popular names that were included in this conspiracy or the key players if you will were the beatles mm-hmm. jim morrison Frank Zappa, and then other residents of Laurel Canyon. Oh, okay. Yeah. You familiar with the Laurel Canyon scene? A little bit. Um, I read a book on it a, a while back, kind of, I mean, at least about, like, the music culture that was happening yeah. there. But in terms of, like, uh, conspiracy theories or, like, ties to... Yeah. They're, the best way that I can describe Laurel Canyon, first of all, it was this mecca for folk pop music in 1960s LA. Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash. Yep. Was Zappa up there? Um, yeah, Zappa lived there, but he wasn't part of like the, he was more on like the rock end, like the blues yeah. end of things, right? But like a lot of like the California rock yeah. stuff was happening there. Yeah, everyone somehow just like landed there. Eagles, I'm sure, went through there at some point. Yeah, I think so. And not to get like too far off topic, but if I could go back in time, I would like live in this moment. No, that would be a good you one. You know, like, that'd be a good one. Like, you know how sometimes people say they're like born in the wrong generation or like the wrong period of time? Like, yeah. this is mine for sure. Like, this is where I wish I was like born. Yes. Like there are stories of people like driving down Sunset Boulevard, like waving each other down, like playing each other's songs or playing their songs for each other. And then just like just vibing, dude, like just pure vibes. I think it was Crosby had a story of like like Neil Young waving him down. He's like he waved me down, played three of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And then he just like drove off. No way. Like such cool times, dude. Like, yeah. Sunset Boulevard in the sixties. Like just imagine, Man. dude. The whole general store was like the little like another Mecca up, up that was up in there. Yeah, which I think you can still go to. It's still there. Yeah. 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 All right. Have anyways. you ever driven through and just like looked at houses and stuff up there? It's so not cool. in Laurel it's Canyon, so no. Cool. My so my father in law said that the first place he drove to when he got his license was Laurel Canyon. Really? Yeah. Rad. Which yeah. I yeah I want to yeah, mecca that's a mecca of you know I want to do it at some point rock. Yeah. it'd be cool to drive through there just to drive through there mm-hmm. all right back to the CIA well I guess I don't know anyways back to the CIA yeah so the reason why it's believed that musicians were involved is because these particular musicians were born into military families mm-hmm. so this includes Jim Morrison of the Doors Frank Zappa John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas okay yeah and David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. He was also in The Birds, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Um, He also had a solo career. But not only were they, like, born into these military families, their fathers were high-ranking military officials. Oh. So they were pretty high up, supposedly. I mean, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, but I don't know all of their rankings. But, yeah, anyways, it's it's just interesting. I see how people are kind of trying to make some... Uh some It's still a stretch, though. It's still such a stretch. 
Some of the justification for this conspiracy is based on the idea that these artists appeared seemingly out of nowhere, insinuating that they were like industry plants of sorts. They were like planted there and super successful. They had all the media coverage that they somehow, you know, acquired out of nowhere. A lot of people still think that about a lot of people nowadays. Yeah. But not not in terms of like MKUltra. Not in terms of conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. So... The guy that this like main re- the so sorry, the guy that is the main researcher behind this particular conspiracy is a man named John Coleman. So we talked about David McGowan. We're gonna get back to him. John Coleman is another conspiracy theorist. He worked as an agent in Britain's Special Intelligence Service. So honestly, I think this dude was just like salty. Like he claims the Beatles, <laughs> <laughs> he claims the Beatles were like garbage, and there's no way that this group could have like taken over America. The, the way that they did without lots of assistance from the media. Right. Like he's just saying like, there's no way they were like talentless. They like didn't know how to sing or you know, oh, write music or any on. of that shit. Come on. Like, come on. Lots of people shit on the Beatles, but like they don't know anything, you know? Yeah. I had a teacher that like used to like shit on the Beatles. A lot of people do. Yeah. But anyways, that's, that's a great band. Yeah. So, so according to him, they were essentially this industry plant sent to control the minds of young Americans They were a phenomenon that, according uh, to Coleman, were a carefully crafted plot to introduce a highly destructive and divisive element into a large population targeted for change against its will. Mm. Okay. So there's like there's there's plots. They were the direct result of of social engineering that was conducted by a group called the Tavistock Institute with the goal, again, of just manipulating American youth. Right. So he goes as far as to like name names and like all these institutions wow. and whatnot. Shots fired. He states that they were dressed up, given silly haircuts, then paid to perform music that brainwashed the teens. <laughs> well, some people were trying. <laughs> yeah. Or trying to imitate. Well, and this all sounds ridiculous, but it is pretty fascinating. Like when you think about all of the teenage girls that would literally like faint from nonstop screaming. Yeah. You know, like the at recordings the Beatles, from Beatlemania are insane. Like there was nothing like it at the time. No, like I don't think any other group would ever have that much, like impact. I mean, I mean Elvis, Elvis was, Elvis was pretty massive, but I think the Beatles out, outdid him. Yeah, I mean, but as far yeah, as far as like fan base goes, like I wonder if that'll ever happen again. You know, like that's just wild. You know, Michael Jackson came close. Yeah. He, have you seen the footage of him? I think for like a Super Bowl or something performance, he just comes out and he just stands on stage for like ten minutes, and supposedly like fifteen women fainted. Oh, really? Just him standing there. That's all he had to do. That's These pretty women, dope. Like literally lost their consciousness. I mean, it would, yeah, that would be cool. I bet he probably could have done he it. He came close. He but probably could have done it is for sure. Unparalleled. Um, the idea here, though, was that the Beatles were like the roadmap, right? Um, and then once this process was perfected on them, it would then be implemented in like Southern California. So it started with the Beatles, then with other bands like the birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash and young. And then they would like continue this work in Laurel Canyon, essentially, you know, okay. I mean, that's like, I think where they ended up, but yeah, anyways, to I tie know. Laurel Canyon in, that's how it's tied in. There is, a, um, uh, 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 what's his name? Leto, Jared Leto bought a house up in Laurel Canyon uh, within the last few years that was supposedly one of the sites 
like the test sites or something like that. Oh, interesting. And people gave him flat because he's like trying to be cool. I but saw like a tidbit on that when I was doing my a, research. That's a badass move. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is a badass move. I saw some research on that, but I kind of like overlooked it. But that's interesting. I would like to know more about that for Kinda sure. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, the next part of this is like McGowan, the guy that we talked about, won't directly acknowledge that any one person was plotting all of this out. Like most conspiracy theories, right? He's basically, it's like rooted in connections that we just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Them having fathers in the military and whatnot. And in all fairness, it's, it's all very interesting, but it's still, it's like very much a stretch, you know? So for example, Jim Morrison's father was Admiral George Stephen Morrison, who commanded naval forces in the Gulf of Tonkin. So some believe that the covert operations that he was involved in led to the start of the Vietnam War. So he was, you know, he's directly related to that. So basically because of that, he has a vested interest in the war for whatever reason, whether it's like financial or or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, moving up the chain. I don't know. So the idea is that while Admiral Morrison intentionally started Vietnam, Jim Morrison was fighting the peace movement movement on the home front. That's just way too ironic. It's just super ironic, especially like, and, and, and the article references this, but the whole time I was reading it, I was just thinking like, this guy just needs to like read the history of the doors. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they made a whole movie, man. They made a whole movie about it. They like met in school. Like, yeah. Anyways, it's a good story. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on the rest of this, but Frank Zappa gets tied in because his wife, Gail, went to school with Jim Morrison in Virginia. So her and Morrison have a history. So, you know what I mean? So they get tied into it. But again, it's just all because like they somehow know each other through these like random, which is like, like again, it is small world, but yeah. it's not like, you know, these things aren't. Yeah. Anyways, it's not a coincidence, man. This is true. Let's just let's act like this is true. Exactly. Zappa's dad also supposedly was employed through the military and gets tied to Area 51 somehow. So it just gets stranger and stranger as you like go down the rabbit hole. And then the last thing I'll mention is that Frank and Gail Zappa were living in a home that was known as the Log Cabin. Did you ever hear about this? Um, I, I think so. So Laurel Canyon, right? Yeah, it's in Laurel Canyon. I actually looked up the address, but it doesn't look like there's anything there anymore. I could I just I don't know. Hmm. Anyways. So this is where he would act as the host for many of like the relevant musicians at the time. So they would come through Laurel Canyon and and that's kind of how like Laurel Canyon's been described to me before is like everybody kind of knew everybody. And then anybody who was anybody would like kind of have like you know, just be welcomed with open arms type of thing. All right, okay. Since Zappa was a producer and the head of a label, he would use his influence to bring down the anti-war movement. So that's essentially like the theory. So he was using this like log cabin that they lived in, or not, sorry, this house that they called the log cabin as like this means to just spread his anti, you know, anti-war I can see that. propaganda. Right. Not anti-war. He's getting into everyone's, just like influencing and, in, you know, in his, in his dad's, you know, favor. Yeah, essentially. And it, sorry, it wasn't the anti-war movement. It was, God, well, he's he's been known to be like anti-Vietnam. What's the opposite of that? Anti-peacetime. You know what I mean? Like he was like, right. whatever, yeah. whatever the... the Pro-war. Vi- yeah, it Not was... like pro-war, but um, pro-conflict. Yeah, know, he was just know. trying to squash the peace movement, I guess, is what how you can gotcha. describe that. 
Was he? I, I'm not. I'm not really too hip on Zappa. No, so sorry. That's what the conspiracy says. Oh, okay. He okay. wasn't actually that. Right. But anyways, that's the end. That's nice. basically all I had. But I thought it was interesting. You can tie in all these things to the CIA and whatnot. Yeah. What What I realized in doing my research too was like, there's that heavy claim that the CIA created LSD and hippies, mm-hmm. but they didn't tie it back into the CIA. They just talked about like the military and then never said like how it ties back into the CIA. So I'd be interested to know more about that. You they're know? just like showing you the dots and not connecting them. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, this guy's connected to him. Right. But like now so they must be. Yeah. So how's the CIA involved? You like failed to mention that. I could, I mean, I, I guess MK Ultra isn't really like a conspiracy theory. It's kind of more proven, but the CIA definitely brought LSD into America and that, you know, influenced a lot of people into, you know, thinking sort of. Similarly. Yeah. No, MK Ultra really happened. Like that's not mm-hmm. a conspiracy. And yeah. I think maybe we should highlight that <laughs> for people like listening. Is yeah, that like, that's not a theory. MK Ultra is not a theory that like actually happened. The conspiracy came in when we were talking about the hippie movement and like the CIA creating that like that's some, and, and I guess it, it does tie into the history of the CIA because it, it, it involves them, right. you know, yeah. but that's really it just to that extent, you know, just on like the, the, you know, the hallucinogen front though, seemingly. Yeah. That's about, that's about it. Yeah. There's some stats in there that I was like, I don't know if I can like, I, I don't know how much of this is rooted in fact, like the, the fact that he bought the world's supply of LSD like, like that seems a little thing. bit far fetched to me, but like he had to have brought maybe like some of it. You know what I mean? It was just like what that dude in Sweden had like in his closet. That's what I mean. Like the Probably world supply, much. but even still like, yeah, he, he just like, you know, maxed this dude out and like right. took it all. I don't know. It's just interesting, but very interesting stuff. Like, yeah. oh, and, yeah. and I think that like, yeah, some of it's true and some of it's obviously conspiracy. I thought the conspiracy part was fun. But I, they're it's fun to entertain them and just it's hear, fun to entertain them for you know, sure. With like this past pandemic happening, it, it lost a lot of its fun when people, well, a lot some stuff came out to be true, but a lot of people just like went down rabbit hole and yeah. didn't turn back and chemtrails, bro. Chemtrails, <laughs> Pizza Gate. Oh man, chemtrails and five G towers. Five G towers, yeah. Hey, you notice these chemtrails are in uh, proximity to this 5G tower? <laughs> Literally saw a video that of someone that we know. How about like Flat Earth? I think we're talking about the same guy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, Potentially. Like, yeah, Flat Earthers now. Yeah, but I mean, con- conspiracy, for, like there's a lot of fun. Like reading about the JFK assassination is is like, like, okay, like there's yeah. some stuff that happened there. Um, yeah, like scientifically proven that there had to be like two shooters and shit, right? I think so. Something along those lines. I think so, Oliver the guy Stone, that they, I think Oliver Stone just did another feature on it. Yeah, we should do like a whole episode on just like conspiracies in general. Yeah, yeah, we could go through a few. Yeah, debunk some, or just like make fun of them, or or I'm you know go over some of the or reality. Yeah. What's a conspiracy theory that you a thousand percent believe was true? That's like a theme on TikTok right now. Have you seen those? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, it's kind of funny. I'm not a TikToker. It's kind of funny. But, anyways, dude, thanks for suggesting this topic. Oh, yeah. When you said it, I was so, like, I feel like I had heard of a lot of this stuff, but I didn't know the term. So when you said MK Ultra, I was like, all right, let's dive into it, MK Ultra, and see yeah. where this goes. 
and then this kind of just turned into like a history of the CIA episode. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll have to figure out what naturally. to call it and whatnot. But oh yeah, let's get a name. History, uh, I guess not history of the CIA. That works. I mean, history there's probably that's the thing is like any of these like like we did history of comedy, we did history of universities and tuition. There's there's probably multiple histories that you can do. Mm-hmm. This is just like obviously our version of it, you know, yeah. or my version of it. MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Cool. But yeah, dude, it was fun. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, again, suggesting it. And we'll have to do more listener submissions in the future. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's kind of fun to kind of touching some similar places in each, you know, in, in some of these podcasts. Like, like obviously, we're both like music fans that we both talk about. Yeah. It's fun, like, seeing how, you know, different How, things. yeah, how rock was like created to distract people from the vietnam war yeah (laughs) yeah fun stuff it's fun stuff all All right right. let's wrap it up let's cool all right peace out later i've not yet begun to defile myself